Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Ryan Priest is sitting in the middle of the racetrack out of turn number two, and on the short straightaway, Denny Hamlin leading them down the long pond stretch. And now we have the caution flag. Mike Bagley, as they approach your feet, it's Denny Hamlin. Take us through it, Mike, under caution. Denny Hamlin now will swing by that Ryan Priest car that sits without power to the bottom of the racetrack with Martin Truex Jr. right behind him. Priest tried to get going couldn't now ryan priest will finally get going in the short straightaway off turn number three the caution flag is waving at the start finish line denny hamlin at the front of the field he's on the front straightaway the checkered flag is out it's official denny hamlin is the all-time winningest driver at the pocono raceway they uh, have just done a phenomenal job on pit road uh, the strategy guys at the war room the, the guys on top of the pit box chris and his team uh, uh, they're the ones that have got me these wins. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. From the MRN Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. After a very rambunctious Pocono weekend, wow, we had it in the truck race, we had it in the Xfinity race, and obviously we had it at the end of the NASCAR Cup race. What a fun time we had in the Pocono Mountains of Pennsylvania. For all of you that made it there and spent some time with us, shout out to you, but a shout out to all of you that could not make it but heard all the action here on the Motor Racing Network. Pocono has turned into be one of those favorite stops on the tour, like the next two that we're coming up on this weekend. We're headed off to Richmond Raceway in Virginia, and we're also Headed to Road America in Wisconsin. We'll preview all of that coming up as we continue over the next hour or so. We are going to flash back to the highpoint.com 400 with a NASCAR Live backtracks, and there's a lot to backtrack to. Also, Kyle Arson's going to join Jason Toy, talk about the controversial finish of that race on Sunday. The winning crew chief of last summer's Richmond race, Rodney Childers, joins the crew call duo of Steve Post and Todd Gordon. We'll let you hear some of that. Also, Tim Cattlefamo helps us commemorate Kyle Busch Motorsports 100th victory that came over the weekend at Pocono and a whole lot more. But first, Kyle Ricky is here with the latest in NASCAR headlines. Kyle, what do you have for us? 
Mike, Justin Haley will have a new home when the NASCAR Cup Series begins the 2024 season. Rick Ware Racing announced that they have inked the 24-year-old to a multi-year deal. The driver was asked this past weekend why he felt the organization was his best fit moving forward. Rick just kept coming and calling and just gave me a really good deal. And I believe in uh, what they've been able to do, especially with the RFK lines. Brad Keselowski and Steve over at RFK were very helpful in my decision process. They were convincing as well. So I think with our alliance with RFK, Rick Ware, you know, I think maybe on the surface, it might look like an odd move, but there's a lot more depth to it than uh, you might think. Haley has competed full-time for Colic Racing in the NASCAR Cup Series the last year and a half, and previously earned four victories for their NASCAR Xfinity Series program from 2019 to 2021. Brody Kostecki was the first Australian supercar driver announced to compete at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course next month as he'll drive in the Richard Childress Racing number 33 Mobile X Cup car entry. He won't be the only one, though, as a familiar face will be joining him. Trackhouse Racing has announced that Shane Van Gisbergen will be making his NASCAR return that weekend as he'll attempt to follow up his Chicago street course victory by claiming another checkered flag when he takes to the brickyard. And the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series regular season comes to a close this weekend at Richmond Raceway. Corey Heim is in the driver's seat to win his first regular season championship as he sits atop the standings with a 42-point lead over reigning series champion Zane Smith. Out of the top 10 available playoff spots, the last two are currently held by Nick Sanchez, who is 21 points above the cutoff line, while Matt Crafton holds a 9-point advantage over Stuart Friesen. Tanner Gray, who is 12th and 47 points out of playoff contention, will have to win his way into the postseason during this Saturday's action. You can catch the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series regular season finale right here on the Motor Racing Network with our pre-race coverage at 7 o'clock Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific. Mike. Thank you, Kyle. Coming up, we'll revisit the chaos from the HighPoint.com 400 from Pocono. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy Ford tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. This past weekend at Pocono, the track had its best crowd in over a decade. The grandstands were packed. The infield and camping was packed, completely sold out. And that capacity crowd was treated to one of the best races in Pocono history. Let's relive all of the twists and turns from the highpoint.com 400. The MRN crew here with you at Pocono. Every seat, every suite, every infield camping spot has been sold. You cannot shoehorn another fan onto this property. And they are going to be treated to what we feel will be a great race here today. Here they come down to the front straightaway. Green flag goes in the air. And we're underway at Pocono for 400 miles. Storming now down into turn one. They're still three and four wide further back in the pack. Away with the lead is Joey Logano. Now they're three wide for second. Kyle Larson dives to the bottom.
bottom. Kevin Harvick stuck in the middle. William Byron up high. And that's the way they'll race out of turn number one. Which driver will get the advantage? They continue in three-wide formation as Joey Logano pulls away. Here they come to the tunnel turn. They're still three-wide. Impossible at Pocono. Kyle Larson will grab second off two. Joey Logano into turn number three. All by himself in the front of the field here for the final time in the opening stage. Joey Logano and Paul Wolf, the crew chief, and the rest of the team, Penske Ford, will come to the line and see the green and white checkered flag, and Joey Logano will win stage number one. Green flag goes back in the air. Teammates up front. Kyle Larson on the inside. William Byron on the outside. A couple of Fords line up directly behind. As usual, they fan out about 13 wide back around the 15th position, and we've got a car on the wall. Somebody got hooked in the right rear, turned to the outside. Daniel Suarez blasts the outside paper barrier. He's going to spin the race winner, the stage one, or the race leader, the stage one winner. Joey Logano's got some major damage on that Verizon board. Kevin Harvick behind William Byron already four wide. And they're doing it again, heading for turn number one at the front of the package, two by two. Back around 10th, it's three by three. Larson gets turned. Chevrolet. Kyle Larson from the front row has tagged the safer barrier in turn one. Second. Turn number one is Christopher Bell. He hits the wall and spins to the inside of the racetrack. Christopher Bell going for a wild spin and slide off turn number one. He writes that Toyota Camry and is headed away from the spin scene at the beginning of the long punch straightaway. Kyle Larson was on his way to pit road. He was about 100 feet from the commitment line when he got the word of the caution coming out and yanks the steering wheel back right. He gets back on the racetrack. How close do you think he is on fuel, Todd? I I think they're close. I think they're close. And Kyle Larson will score the stage two win, his third stage win of the season. Good news for Kyle Larson fans. NASCAR is opening pit road this time by. Front of the pack, new leader, Martin Truex Jr. He'll take William Byron along with him for second. Truex immediately pulls away by three car lengths. And Ryan Blaney is to the bottom of the racetrack. He's lost the lead. He's lost second. He's just now lost third. And he's about to lose fourth and fifth. Ryan Blaney, not up to speed. He was a moment ago. He has lost a lot of ground in this last lap. And he continues to lose ground to the leaders. Number one, Reddick moved down the racetrack, contact with Austin Dillon, and a massive hit for Dillon as he comes to rest in the grass on the inside of turn one. Danny Hamlin, right side tires and fuel. Remember, they pitted at the end of the stage break. They needed less time down here, and they're hoping less time on pit road means better track position. Jason, what did Harvick do? Harvick came in, right side tires and fuel. They put a full can of Sunoco fuel. They waited on that to get it in there before they sent him out for perhaps could be the final time on pit road here for Kevin Harvick at Pocono. As it cycles around, the drivers that have made stops that got on the track position first are running nose to tail. It's Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin are the two who made the best work getting on and off pit lane. The crew doing their jobs back at Pocono Raceway and the plot thickens. Caution is on the speedway for a problem in front of Kyle Ricky. Involving Chase Briscoe who went around here in turn number three with some help. 
from Ty Dillon. The two cars uh, got connected. Ty Dillon behind Chase Briscoe. Spun Briscoe around and into the outside wall. Chase is able to limp away with some right rear damage to his car. Chase Elliott has made up a bunch of spots since the restart, and he's hoping to gain another one here with Christopher Bell to his outside. Move Chase Elliott. One car hard into the outside wall in turn three in front of that pack of traffic. Everybody will miss him. It is Alex Bowman up and into the outside wall right at the exit of turn number three. Green flag goes in the air. Through the gearbox we go again. Reddick is not pushing Truex. However, the outside lane has Denny Hamlin shoving Kyle Larson. And that'll push Kyle Larson nose out in front. It's going to have him take the lead. Now diving to the inside is Denny Hamlin. He abandons Larson. He'll go to the bottom for the lead. They touch out at turn one. Leading on each other. Larson's in the fence. Larson's in the fence as they go three wide. Now he, Larson's going to run to Hamlin all the way to the bottom of the back stretch. They stack it up still double wide into the corner. Hamlin takes the lead. Harvick to second. And now further back, Justin Haley. Hard driver's side shot into the safer barrier. And it was at speed. One heck of a shot for Justin Haley, who slams driver, driver's side first into the outside wall in turn two. What a race we have. It's not over yet, but we are back under the caution flag. Fans are on their feet. Three laps to go into the Geico restart zone. Green flag goes back in the air, and it's going to be Kevin Harvick shoving Denny Hamlin. Larson is not on the back bumper of Truex on the inside lane. And that may doom Martin Truex Jr.'s hope. Denny Hamlin has asserted himself with the lead. Now he's pulling away with that lead. Up to two car lengths. Three. Now four off the end of the long pond straightaway. That's over Martin Truex Jr. Jr. Uh, Truex, that is, has three back to Redding, who rides at third. Is that another five car lengths? Trouble back. turn two. It's Ryan Priest spinning into the outside wall. Others begin to scatter as Priest will spin off the corner. Priest leaders into turn number three. It's still all Denny Hamlin. Battle for second behind him off turn three. Staying. Oh, caution flag. No, it's been put back. White flag is in the air. They put the caution out and put it away. White flag goes in the air. Denny Hamlin leads to turn one. And Hamlin is long gone. The battle behind him will be for second. Tyler Reddick dials up the low lane. Goes to the inside on Martin Truex Jr. He'll take the number two spot, but that ten car length behind Denny Hamlin. Ryan Priest is sitting in the middle of the racetrack out of turn number two, and on the short straightaway, Denny Hamlin leading them down the long pond stretch. And now we have the caution flag. Mike Bagley, as they approach your feet, it's Denny Hamlin. Take us through it, Mike, under caution. Denny Hamlin now will swing by that Ryan Priest car that sits without power to the bottom of the racetrack with Martin Truex Jr. right behind him. Priest tried to get it going, couldn't. Now Ryan Priest will finally get going in the short straightaway. Off turn number three, the caution flag is waving at the start-finish line. Denny Hamlin at the front of the field. He's on the front straightaway. The checkered flag is out. It's official. Denny Hamlin is the all-time winningest driver at the Pocono Raceway as he scores the win. Kyle Larson's jumped out here, and Kyle, I know obviously very disappointed. You guys came back from a spin to lead. Take us through what happened there with the 11. Uh, yeah, the team did a really good job uh, to recover from the mishap early um, to put ourselves in a position to win. So, you know, kudos to them. And, yeah, just uh, unfortunate. But, uh, hey, I got, I got a lot of 
receipts now, so um, we'll, we'll return the favor eventually. You're trying to give them a little word there or coming down to the, to the yellow flag there on the front stretch. Was this something you will continue to talk with him about? He's right about everything, so I don't know if there's much talking to him. Denny, describe the race for the lead, the win with Kyle Larson. Yeah, it was um, interesting. I pushed him all the way into turn one. I don't know if he didn't have his tires clean, and he washed up the racetrack, and then we got side by side, and he chose not to lift. I mean, it's just one of those things that uh, when you're on the outside and you're in a bad aero position, uh, it, I, I didn't touch him. He just made a decision not to lift. Coming up, one of the players in that thrilling finish, Kyle Larson, will join us next. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. To say Sunday was an up-and-down day for Kyle Larson would definitely be an understatement. The Hendrick Motorsports driver was near the front of the field early, but it looked like he might have been taken out of contention when he was spun on a restart. Luckily, Kyle was able to continue, and thanks to some strategy, he found himself back up front on a late-race restart. Then Danny Hamlin got into the side of him, coming out of turn number one. Kyle Larson joined Jason Toy 24 hours after that incident to talk about it all. I'm not going to dwell too much on yesterday, but I do have to ask you this. You guys go back and you got spun out early on in the race. You battled back. And I got to admit, you know, I sit there next to the cliff and the whole crew down there for pretty much the whole race monitoring radios. That is the most communication I think I've ever heard on a radio with different scenarios throughout the race. It changed for you guys. It seemed like about every five laps. How was it for you from the driver's seat? Yeah, no, I, I love strategy races like that where Cliff is filling me in on not only our situation, but others in front of us, around us, behind us, just to get a you know clear picture painted of, of what's going on, what to expect. You know, he was pretty confident the whole time that whatever strategy we were on was going to work out, and he was right. You know, they did a great job with just doing their homework, and the picker did a great job executing. You know, the green flag stops and. Um, you know, we got out in the lead and we're on, on our way to, to maybe winning. So super proud of them to uh, overcome the spin early like that and, you know, luck out, win a stage and then almost win the race too. So yeah, again, just really proud of the team. You know, it was funny that one point you were getting ready to come down pit road and you were getting tighter on fuel there and that caution came out. I didn't hear any cracks in the voices there, but you could tell a little bit of nervousness trying to get around because it was the end of the stage. So you knew pit road was going to be open for about another five laps to get around. How tight do you think you were? Oh, we were really tight. I probably couldn't have. I would have been out of fuel by the time we got to turn one under that that caution. I was it was stumbling. I flipped my fuel switch and, and made it around that final caution lap before we pulled pit road. And then it was stumbling through turn three. See, I wasn't going to make it much further. So thankfully we were able to get the stage win and make it to the pit road and then, you know, have a good rest of the race until the end. Well, let's talk about that just real quick. You had a chance now to go back, watch video. You were in the driver's seat, obviously, so you knew how it was. Now you get past it and, you know, what, almost 24 hours later on. What are your thoughts on what happened there? And do you think that was, did it play out the way you thought it did? Yeah, I mean, it played out 
I, I, yeah, I mean, I've had time to now look at video from different angles and look at SMT and and it all played out exactly how I knew it played out. Um, so I'm curious. I'm curious if his if his you know thoughts change on it at all. You know, I, I've listened to all of his interviews where you know, he said he never touched me, which he did. You know, he left me lane, which he didn't. You know, you can see from Harvick's onboard. You know, when he hit me, it killed my angle uh, to to make the rest of the corner. You know, arrow or not. You know, he killed my killed my angle. I was going to hit the wall regardless. Said I said I had a choice to lift, which I did. Um, all that. So he didn't leave me any options. So uh, I'm probably a little bit more frustrated today than I was yesterday. And, um, you know, still yet to hear what he has to say about it. You know, if, if his opinion changes on it at all, maybe maybe y'all calm down a little bit. But as of right now, I'm I believe I got wrong, which I which I did. And I know you two respect each other and you guys are friends away from things, but does that change any way you drive on the track with Denny? I think at this point it should. Like I, mm -hmm. I you know, I can count four or five times where, and, and, you know, up until yesterday, nothing's been intentional. You know, nothing that he's done is, you know, crashed me been intentional. But, you know, I've, I've got multiple DNFs because of him. I've got multiple bad finishes or bad results at the end of the races because of him. So I think it comes to a point where I need to be shown a little bit more respect on the track. So, you know, we're, we're friends off the track for now, I guess. But he said it before. You know, he's got he's to get respect. And um, I'm going to go ahead and do the same. All right. Let's talk a little bit about the, what you got coming up here. You guys are getting ready to head back to Richmond. You got the win earlier this season there at Richmond. And, and you know, your other wins on, on Martinsville. So this short track package, you seem to adapt it to very, very well with this race car. What are your thoughts as you get ready to go in this weekend? Yeah. I mean, for whatever reason, we've been good on a style of track that I'm not good at. So <laughs> all of our wins this year have been on short tracks, Martinsville, Richmond, North Wilkesboro. Uh, we were good at Loudon, you know, even compared to the teammates. So that was kind of shocking. But honestly, we've been good everywhere this year. You know, we've been, you know, especially early on in the year, we were uh, really good. You know, mile and a half, intermediate style tracks, all that. So we were super speedways even. Like I've been up front, I just, you know, crash or whatever. So, you know, we're, we're there. But yeah, I'm excited about Richmond this weekend. You know, going back to you know, track where, where we won at early this year. So um we'll see i know as the season progresses setups change weather is going to be different than it was earlier this year so it's it's not going to be the same but i'm confident because we have been good on all the short tracks i was going to say you mentioned the weather too at richmond we always known to to slicken up pretty quickly out, out there too with the surface that's there but you add temperatures in the 90s and i know you guys are obviously going to have sweat boxes inside that race car but add that heat to it it's going to make even more entertaining yeah, yeah, no, I, I hope it uh, I hope it helps the racing out. You know, Richmond, really the short tracks in general with the next gen car has been uh, you know, difficult. So you know, it's a slick track. I hope uh, with it being hot, you know, it'll be harder to hit your marks and and more guys make mistakes. But you know, it could uh, it could be opposite. You know, with all the struggling yeah. for grip, it could be hard to uh, <laughs> to make you'll know, be be aggressive to uh, get get to people. But we'll see. It's a finesse track, and it'll. With it being hot, it'll probably be even more finesse. All right, one last thing for you. And, of course, it's always great to see Caitlin come be at the track with you and Owen and Audrey. And, of course, we hear Cooper a little bit there in the background, too. How are you as a dad watching Owen on the racetrack? Uh, 
I don't know. I mean, I feel like I'm good. It doesn't stress me out at all watching watching my kid race or even, you know, he's I've seen him crash a few times now and, and, and like decent sized crashes too for the little carts and like nothing nothing about it makes me nervous. So he's a pretty level-headed kid and, and all that. I, I I probably don't handle the uh, the coaching quite as good as like my dad did with me, you know, like I feel like when I feel, feel like my dad was much more patient with me when I was Owen's age. But I also feel like I probably paid more attention to my dad than, than <laughs> Owen's paying attention to me. So I get a little frustrated with him when I'm trying to coach him along and I can tell he doesn't have a care in the world to listen to me. And and if he would just like, I don't know, I just want to remind him like, dude, I've done all this. I've raced the same thing that you're racing and I've got so many laps of racing. Like, just listen to me. I know what I'm talking about, that he would be better. But I got to remind myself too, he's only eight years old. Like it's it's just all about having fun right now and building memories really and yeah if he wants to make a career out of it someday you know i'll, I'll be there to support him but like i said as of right now it's just about having fun what about the daughter how are you gonna be with her driving uh with audrey i'll be fine she, i've taken her out <laughs> testing a few times and she's she's already crashed too she's crazy so um <laughs> she's got no fear um, which is good and, and not afraid to stand on the gas as a five-year-old girl so She's got to get a lot better before I go let her race. But I think I'm I'm just a cool, like, easygoing guy, you know, so nothing nothing really stresses me out. So um, I, I look forward to seeing her when she gets out there because she's way more, like, intense than Owen is, um, way more, like, competitive. So she's going to be aggressive. I think she's going to probably want to fight people, <laughs> you know, when, <laughs> She's going to be the opposite of me, I think. You know, if she gets run in the wall, she's going to handle a lot worse than, than I probably do. So uh, <laughs> that's the part that I'm nervous about. So so basically you're saying you're the opposite side. I'm sure Caitlin is probably the animated one, right? Caitlin's definitely more animated than me, for sure. Like <laughs> when when Denny, when Denny runs into me, it's a it's a way bigger deal than than it is to me. So um, she's standing in the background right now flexing. So, <laughs> but no, it's uh, no, she's Audrey's definitely more like Caitlin, and Owen's more like me when it comes to confrontation and drama. He he wants to stay out of everything and and all that, and uh, I'm that same way. In your future, you got the third factor in there in Cooper whenever he gets old enough. it's You're going to have a whole lot of fun. You need to keep racing. You got to pay for all this stuff. I know, right? I know, and I'm so young, too, that, like, I'll probably be racing with some. So yeah. <laughs> it could, could, get, uh, could get awkward down the road. But, no, it's, uh, it's all fun. Hey, Kyle, appreciate the time as always. Best of luck. Be safe out there, and we'll see you at Richmond, all right? Yeah, thank you. See ya. Thank you, Jason. Coming up, we'll salute Kyle Busch Motorsports after their milestone 100th victory Saturday at Pocono. From outdoor care to home and auto repair, do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. 
We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. You know, Sunday's Cup Series event wasn't the only exciting event that Pocono Raceway delivered. In Saturday's NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series race, Kyle Busch passed Corey Heim on the final lap and scored the milestone 100th win for KBM. Tim Cattlefamo helps us honor the accomplishment. February 13, 2010, Kyle Busch Motorsports made its debut in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series at the Daytona International Speedway. Four races into the organization's existence, they would make a statement. And as Kyle splits some of the slower trucks in his first ever Truck Series race here at Nashville, Kyle Busch is heading to victory lane. It is win number 17 in his fine career. Second spot goes to Kevin Harvick, who just came up four-tenths of a second shy of pulling off a magnificent win of his own. Kyle Busch wins here in Nashville. Fast forwarding to 2023, the organization has achieved yet another milestone and did so in dramatic fashion. Here they come now out of turn number one. Kyle Busch's opportunities are dwindling. Here's Kyle. He's on the tailgate. Does he dart out of line? Hein throws the block. Kyle jams it in to the bottom of the racetrack. Kyle Busch to the lead off turn two. Kyle Busch to the race lead off of turn two. Can Corey Heim respond. He cannot up the short straightaway. Kyle Busch is able to break away by four truck lengths over Corey Heim and lead here at Pocono in turn three on the final lap. What a move off turn number two. It will pay off win number 100 for KBM as Kyle Busch comes across the line picking up the checkered flag and for Kyle it is career win number 64. That day he's been waiting happens today at the Pocono Raceway as Kyle Busch scores the win in the Craftsman Truck Series. To get the historic 100th win for the Enterprise, Kyle Busch had to earn it. We had a really fast truck, and it was if we could have got out front, I think we could have drove away, you know, but I just could not get the grip in the corners that I needed to be able to keep my gap close enough to the 11 so I could take advantage of that draft that you get down the straightaways here. So I tried it a few times, a couple times, and Corey was just so good in the corners to just hold it on my outside, and I was a little bit too loose. I didn't want to wreck us both, but um, that last trip down off of turn two or one, off of one, I got a good run, and uh, I'm like, this is it. It's either sink or swim right here. So I threw it off into two, not knowing what was going to happen. And I knew I had to wash them out and wash them up in order to get in front of them to be able to just get away. And um, fortunately, it worked. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of these guys, a lot of these kids racing that way nowadays. So might as well join them. Over the years, Kyle Busch has become the winningest driver all time in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series with 64 checkered flags, 48 of which have come from racing for his own team. In 2014, KBM would set the record for the most wins in a single season with 14 victories. As dominant as Bush has been, however, he isn't the only driver that has impressed along the way to team win number 100. Here's contact in the leaders. Sauter's around. Now they got Ben Rhodes in the wreck and cleaning all the way across the start finish line headed that way would be William Byron. And William Byron and only his fifth NASCAR Camping World Truck Series race at the ripe old age of 18 is going to be going to Gatorade Victory Lane. 
Kyle Busch Motorsports has been a consistent funnel for NASCAR's talent since its beginning. William Byron is one of many to get his National Series start with the organization. In his rookie season, Byron would win seven times. Three other drivers also have seven wins each driving for KBM. One of them brought the organization its first championship in 2015. Eric Jones will finish in the sixth spot tonight, and he will clinch the 2015 championship. It's just been uh, a dream to uh, to own a race team in NASCAR at this sort of level. He has the trucks, but I'm good with that. This is so much fun. Congratulations to Eric Jones. He should cherish this for a long, long time, and uh, he's awesome. What a great kid. What a great driver. Pumped for him. Toyota. My wife, family, everybody, it's a good night right now. Two seasons later, another young and up-and-coming talent would make a name for himself driving for owner Kyle Busch. He won the opening stages of today's race and comes off of turn number four and will win the UNOH 175, advancing that team to the round of six of the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoffs. Christopher Bell wins here at the New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Bell would go on to win the team's second championship in 2017, the most recent driver to accomplish this feat for KB. In 14 years of competition, 18 different drivers have won for Kyle Busch Motorsports, which has led to a series most seven owner's points championships. One thing is for certain, as the team continues to pile up wins and elevate its performance in the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series, victory number 100 won't be the last. Thank you, Tim. Coming up, Stuart Haas Racing Crew Chief Rodney Childers stops by, and later we'll preview Sunday's Cookout 400. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Last summer at Richmond, the Masters of Richmond Raceway were Kevin Harvick, Rodney Childers, and Stuart Haas Racing. And with Richmond's aging surface, tires are going to be a factor, and also crew chiefing and strategy will be a factor as well. Coming up on Sunday, our crew call duo of Steve Post and Todd Gordon caught up with Rodney to discuss what it's going to take to win Sunday in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Fourth place finish up at Pocono. Fourth place finish up at New Hampshire. I know you don't race for fourth. Fourth is, but fourth is all right. Kind of assess where you guys are at at this point of the year. Yeah, I think, you know, going into these last couple of weeks, we knew that we would run well at those type of racetracks. And Loudon, we had a really good car, you know, all weekend long and felt like we, you know, had a shot at, uh, you know, at, running well and having a win and all that kind of stuff and felt like we probably had the second best car and we finished fourth. So, you know, some things that we could have done different there, I should have, you know, made a little bit, you know, braver calls early in the race and got some track position early in the race. But, and then this past weekend, same deal. We had a really good car all weekend. Um, I think whoever got out front was, was going to have a shot at winning. We just never got ourselves out front, but um, overall, a strong car. I felt like everybody had done a really good job of, uh, you know, taking the right stuff there, and and felt really good about it all weekend long. It's it's been it's been good to see you continue forward. You know, you've you've maintained. You guys, you and Kevin, have done a phenomenal job of just manufacturing everything you can in a great points position. Uh, maybe not great, but a really good one. One hundred sixty three to the good right now. Um, 
it's been talked about the Ford's challenges and aero side and, and performance wise. Seems like you guys are kind of easing up on that. Are you finding gains and, and getting yourself back to where you feel like you need to be for the play- playoffs? Well, like you said, I mean, that that part, you know, going into this year was a bit disappointing. I thought we all kind of felt like we were going to be better, you know, you know, with some of those updates and we all ended up being worse, than, you know, than what we were last year. So that part's been a struggle. Um, you know, to be honest with you, we haven't found any gains at all. I don't know of anything from Aero side that we've gained since we raced at Fontana early in the year. So, um, you know, that has almost taken the pressure off of that side and just worrying, you know, we're just worrying about setups every week and trying to get the most mechanical grip we can get and doing everything right, you know, get the, get all the details right and um, go out there and make sure we have the right shocks and springs and heights and, you know, maximizing that the best we can. But, um, you know, like we said, everybody's working really hard. It's not from lack of effort. It's just, you know, these cars are really hard to find anything right now and you're kind of maxed out with, with what you got. So, um, you know, we're, we're trying. It's, it's not from lack of effort, like I said, but, but we're getting there. As we look forward, uh, going to Richmond, the next-gen car, you guys are uh, finished second in what was an epic battle between you and Denny Hamlin coming through the field. I got to call that one for MRN. That was really cool. Won a, race, won a fall race last year, fifth in the spring. Uh, a good racetrack for you to get back to. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's been a great racetrack for us so far. In the spring race, we missed it a little bit. Um, you know, going with the the low downforce package, it was a bit of a change. And we changed stuff for that, but we just missed it a little bit. But, um, you know, we feel better about going back this time. Obviously, it's going to be extremely hot. Uh, the track conditions will be different. It's going to be hot and slick. And I think, you know, normally that's a good thing for us. So, um, you know, you kind of got to put the whole corner together, but, you know, there and, you know, in the spring we were loose in and tight in the middle, loose off. And it's hard to finish fifth when you got all that going on and it's hard to fix during the race. So, you know, hopefully we can, you know, have a little bit better balance when we unload and, and uh, do a little better job this time. You talk about the heat and we've seen it. I think right now, as we record this Saturday, it looks like a high of a hundred Sunday might be a little reprieve down to 90 or something like that. But how does that change strategy for the race? And, and do you think that changes how you run the stages between, you know, normal cloudy overcast or, or this kind of heat and sunshine? I mean, it has kind of turned into using every set of tires you got. Um, you know, you used to be able to kind of split it up different ways and, you know, you'd do the math and it would, you know, show it was pretty equal whether you pitted, you know, twice or three times or whatever. And, um now it's just you know using everything you got and uh, the tires are falling off a lot and and like you said with the heat it's gonna fall off even more so i think it'll still be a you know more of a three-stop type deal and and um using every set of tires you got and maybe even your qualifying scuffs at some point we have five races before the playoffs and again you guys are in a solid spot point wise we're, we're we're not worried about that you have a couple of road courses in daytona are there some big picture things that you're working on that you want to clean up that you want to get your arms around as we get ready to go to darlington where you finish second in the spring uh to get off to a good start are there some things over these five weeks that you're you're, you're tidying up just to make sure you're ready for for a playoff run yeah, I mean, like you said, and there's there's been racetracks that we've had cars that are capable of winning. Uh, you know, I think the last couple of weeks I've got to do a better job and clean up some of my side of it. But, um, you know, we 
we kind of go through those little hills and valleys, you know, going to the Chicago street course and all that, it kind of knocks the wind out of your sails a little bit. And, and, um, you know, we all kind of get down in the dumps that particular week. And then we go to another place where we've won a lot of races and we're all excited about going again. So, um, you know, obviously the last two weeks have been a lot of fun. Uh, I think the next two weeks will be a lot of fun. And then we're back to the road courses. And and luckily, the next two road courses, um, Kevin has liked, you know, a lot. The the Indy road course, he, you know, kind of says it's pretty easy for a guy like him. It's got good markers and it's more of a normal type place. And then obviously at Watkins Glen, we've run really well there and has tons and tons of laps there and is really comfortable there. So, you know, I, I definitely feel more comfortable with the road courses coming up than maybe some of them earlier in the year. And um, you know, hopefully we can just keep knocking out these top fives. And I think if you do that, you'll have a shot at winning some races. Thank you, Todd. Thank you, Steve. You can listen to that full interview when MRN Crew Call drops tomorrow on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up, we'll hear what the drivers are expecting in their second trip to Richmond in 2023. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It is officially crunch time in the NASCAR Cup Series. The countdown to the playoffs is on. Only five races remain in the regular season. And the battle for the regular season championship is in full swing. And the final playoff spots are both coming into focus. What are drivers who are a part of those battles expecting when we get to the Commonwealth this weekend? Kyle Rickey has more. At the end of a wild 400 miles at the Pocono Raceway, it was Denny Hamlin celebrating in victory lane. It was a victory that made him the all-time winningest driver in the history of the track. This weekend, the series heads to another track where Hamlin has a ton of success, the Richmond Raceway in his home state of Virginia. As Hamlin was celebrating on Sunday, he was showered with boos from the Pocono crowd who didn't approve of his race-winning move on spring Richmond winner Kyle Larson. This weekend at his home track, Hamlin will likely receive an entirely different response. But as far as he is concerned, as long as they're making noise, he's good with whatever response he gets. I'm just too old to care. Had I had got another 20 years ahead of me, then I, I, I get it, you know, but fandom doesn't give me trophies. Fandom doesn't doesn't do the job for me it, so I, I just in my career just had some pivotal moments getting into guys when uh, you know they were super popular and I just kind of wasn't so uh, you know I'm okay with it because it the fans were passionate about what they saw and I think if you were a Denny Hamlin fan you'd there was that many then maybe you'd probably hear the same thing but it's just i don't know i i never really resonated with fans for whatever reason i i got here on hard work and the old-fashioned way but i'm just not that likable which is okay i mean i think uh you know i'm just not one of those good old boys right so it's just on myself i am i i, I try to treat people really well and do the right things and 
let let the fans cheer for whoever they want. But as long as they're making some sort of noise, it's okay. For much of Sunday's race, it looked like William Byron would be a factor for the win. Byron won the pole and led a race high 60 laps, but only had a 14th place finish to show for it at the end of the day. While Byron's biggest competitor for the regular season championship, Martin Truix Jr., extended his lead to 30 with a third place finish. Byron says that while the regular season championship is important, he is trying not to get stressed about it and thinks the battle with he and Truex will go back and forth until we get to Daytona. It's important. I don't think I stress any more or less based on the regular season. Kind of had that thought after Loudon, you know, just it can go either way. I mean, I think there's tracks that he's really strong. There's tracks that we're really strong and just going to be, you know, kind of toe to toe for the rest of the rest of the time. So there's a lot in our control, but there's also some wild card races in there. Honestly, for us, it's just trying to perform. You know, we know that the last 10 races is is where it really counts. And if we can compete for stage wins, compete for race wins, uh, we're going to stack up playoff points and the points on the regular season will take care of themselves. Another driver who is in a points battle of his own is Michael McDowell. McDowell sits squarely on the playoff bubble, holding a 16-point advantage over A.J. Allmendinger with five races remaining in the regular season. One of the reasons McDowell is in the position he is is because of his team's growth on short tracks this season. Following a sixth-place finish at Richmond in the spring, the front-row motorsports driver's confidence is high heading back to the Commonwealth this weekend. I think our, our short track program this year has come so far. You know, last year it was a struggle, and in previous years it's been a struggle. Uh, but, you know, Richmond in that, that first spring race, we had good speed, good strategy, ended up getting a top 10. So, you know, what, what we've learned at Phoenix and New Hampshire and Gateway and, you know, at Richmond, I feel like is applied everywhere. So, you know, we got confidence going back there. Look, it's not our strongest track. We know that but our short track program has come a long way feel like we could put together solid results and that's what we need to do right now to stay in the playoff hunt one of the drivers who is trying to track down mcdowell for the final playoff spot is ty gibbs gibbs has a bit of momentum after a top five at pocono and over the next few weeks he heads to tracks where he has wins in the nascar xfinity series Richmond is first up of those tracks, and while many drivers have had to adjust to Richmond's aging surface over the years, Gibbs says the low-grip Richmond is all he's ever known and grown to love. Well, I've always kind of known it as a, as a really, you know, not low-grip racetrack, so uh, I feel like it's kind of always been like that in my, name, in my game and what I've, you know, driven, and I feel like we've been really fast there. Um, kind of every time we've been there, I think, you know, we, we've been really solid expanding in cups, so I'm happy, I'm excited, and, and hopefully we can have a good run. A driver who has also won in Joe Gibbs Racing Equipment at Richmond in the past is Kyle Busch. Well, that might be an understatement. Bush has 12 wins in Richmond across the Cup and Xfinity Series, with 11 of those coming for JGR. With all the success that he's had in the past, one might expect Bush to be among the favorites this weekend. But his recent results on short tracks might impact those odds. Those short track struggles are something that are a top of mind for Rowdy heading into the weekend. Yeah, it's a big concern. Again, just trying to figure it out and how many things we've tried, I, I, I can't even comprehend to tell you. So obviously we haven't hit on it yet, but uh, we got Richmond coming up next week. So we, we've got to find something that's going to work for us there and definitely some different conceptual ideas that are kind of going around again on, uh, on what to do. But uh, we'll just have to play it out and see how it goes. This race last year was a big day for Stuart Haas Racing 
and saw Kevin Harvick score the second of back-to-back victories. Could Denny Hamlin do the same this weekend? He'll likely have to go through Kyle Larson once again to do so. We are sure to be in for 400 laps of thrilling short track racing in Sunday afternoons. Cookout 400. That Richmond Raceway preview is brought to you by Whelan Engineering. Whelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, has been manufacturing in America for over 70 years. We never left, and we're here to stay. Coming up, we'll flash back to the 1998 Exide Batteries 400 from Richmond. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Check her flag about to fly. Before we let her rip, I'd like to take the OMRN time machine and send us back 25 years to the 1998 Exide Batteries 400 at Richmond, where a native son of the state found victory lane. Here goes Gordon cutting low off four. His best run yet. His tire up to Burton's door. Now he pulls even with him. Door to door. Two laps to go. Racing for the win. Burton has the advantage. He's on the high side of the racetrack. But Gordon gets the good run this time off dirt number two. He's got the advantage. Halfway down the back straight away. Now Burton slings back around and hangs on to the lead. These two have really hammered it out all season long. Here they come off turn number four. Go down to the line. White flag. It is Burton by a half a car length as they work their way back to one. A big flock of traffic ahead. Don't think it's going to come into play. Can Gordon get him? Those details coming through the corner. Off turn number two. Burton high. Gordon peaks down low. Gordon makes contact with the rear quarter panel of Burton. Now he's got it planted on the inside of the track and four. Gordon tries to draw even. They lean on each other off the corner. To the stripe they come. Burton will win by a hood. What a fender banger that was. And we had the call that night on Motor Racing Network. Jeff Burton, the mayor, outdoing Jeff Gordon that night in Virginia's capital city. Folks, that's all the time we have for you for this week. I'd like to thank Kyle Larson for joining the show. Also, we'd like to thank Rodney Childers for stopping by. I'm Mike Bagley for the rest of the MRN crew. We thank you for joining us as well. Can't wait to chat with you this weekend from Virginia and Wisconsin. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. And was brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Today's broadcast was produced by Trey Downing, Pat Jaggers, and Julian Council. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com for all of the latest news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts and descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.